You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Rams, Locked On 49ers listeners, welcome back to another episode of both podcasts. I'm Sosa Kremenges, your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, and I'm joined by my friends today. First time this season, we talked last season, but finally the Rams and the Niners are going to meet up. So, of course, I'm joined by Eric Crocker, Brian Peacock, co-host of the Locked On 49ers podcast. So, things are about to get real, but before we dive into this crossover episode, we got a lot to discuss. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. So a big thank you to our friends over at McDonald's for always being there. But fellas, now we got a big game coming up here, right? Two teams not really on uh, similar paths, but there's been a lot of discussion. Of course, the NFC West, arguably the best division in football. I think, you know, all three of us could agree that probably is right now. So you look at the Rams right now, sitting at seven and two, coming off of a tough loss against the Tennessee Titans on Sunday night football. And then on the other side of the coin, you're looking at the 49ers, Kind of a, a weird season in, in transition here, right? Sitting at three and five, don't really know what's going on with the quarterback position. So I'll kick it over to you guys first. And I think there's probably a lot more questions on your guys' side of the table here. What's sort of the vibe with the team going on right now? Of course, like I mentioned, maybe some quarterback questions uh, and the team sort of sitting under 500 right now in, in what's probably the toughest division in football. Yeah, there, there's a lot of finger pointing going on right now, and 49ers fans have, uh, are fed up with the losing, and there's no more excuses. So there, there's starting to be a little bit more heat toward uh, the organization, and especially the top of the organization, which is Kyle Shanahan, and, he, and he's taken a lot, and he's taken a lot from Eric Crocker. I'm going to see if he ramps it up again. I think for the first three episodes this week, he's gone in a little bit harder, a little bit harder on Kyle Shanahan, so I'm waiting to see what he has here for this Thursday crossover episode. Uh, I don't know if there's enough time for a Crocker <laughs> Shanahan rant, but yeah, Crockett's like there's the sky's falling a little bit for the 49ers right now because it doesn't seem like there's a lot of answers to what's going on because the team's too good to be sitting here at three and five and facing a really good team in the Rams on Monday Night Football and a realistic opportunity to be three and six on the season. Yeah, yeah I think you know each week 49er fans are are kind of hoping that this is the week that the team snaps out of it, and so far it's kind of gone downhill even against the Cardinals team that was short man, you know, without their star quarterback, without their top two receivers, and obviously J.J. Watt, who's on the IR, 49ers still found a way to kind of get destroyed by them. So it's hard to be optimistic right now, whether you're covering the 49ers or you're a fan of the 49ers. And like Peacock said, the only person to point to is at the top, Kyle Shanahan. He kind of constructed his whole thing, and there's been a theme for a majority of his tenure as a 49ers head coach. So, you know, I still feel like, okay, like at some point Kyle Shanahan is going to show, you know, why he, you know, is highly thought of as a coach, as an offensive mastermind and snap out of it. No better week than against the Rams, who he's had a lot of success against in the, the last few years. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a team here that swept the Rams last season. I think they've won four straight, actually. So uh, not not a good track record for the Rams. But, of course, a new quarterback here, no Jared Goff no more. So, you know, if I'm a defensive tackle for the 49ers, you, fellas, you can forget about getting pick sixes this week, I think. There's no more Jared Goff here. So it's going to be a little bit tougher this week. But you guys brought it up, and I, that was certainly one of the questions I wanted to ask, right? You look at Kyle Shanahan, and, you know, he's thought of highly around the league and media. This guy's obviously a very smart guy, uh, offensive guru, so to speak. And you guys had an episode about it. And former Locked On Rams host and I, Brad Motter, uh, had an episode about it as well. We kind of had our little take on it. We talked about it in the offseason. Kyle Shanahan versus Sean McVay. 
Who's the better head coach? Who's the better guy to lead your franchise? And it was maybe harder to say, you know, a few months ago. Maybe now it's kind of more definitive. I think, you know, for you guys, you probably would have sided with Shanahan. For us, of course, we went with McVay. Uh, but now when you look at it, right, maybe not on the hot seat necessarily right now. Is there anything that can happen throughout the rest of the season that would make him maybe enter this kind of hot seat situation for you guys? Well, yeah, if he continues to lose. You know, when it comes to, like, who's the better head coach, that that one's hard because I do think, in theory, Kyle Shanahan's a good head coach, but he's also over player personnel. He all, you know, he wears a lot of hats as opposed to a McVay who you guys have a GM. You guys have someone that goes and gets the groceries for your coach to cook the meal. So Kyle yeah. Shanahan, he has a lot going on right now, and I think that's taken away from his ability to just be a pure coach. As far as the rest of the season – you know, he he was just given an extension after the Super Bowl, which was a, what a six year extension on top of what on top of the years that he had remaining, which was three. So he has a lot of years remaining, a lot of books, and I believe there's like no offset in his contract. So even if they were to let him go, they're on the hook for the rest of his contract, even if he gets picked up by another team. So yeah, a hot seat maybe because the fans are fed up, but there won't be a hot seat in the sense of his job being in jeopardy. I agree with that. There, there's no actual chance of Kyle Shanahan getting fired right now, but I think there is a realistic, there is a realistic opportunity to to change something, and I don't think it's going to be a new head coach, but some sort of structure, some uh, you know power struggle maybe in the offseason, not a changing of head coaches. But it is interesting because ten weeks is an eternity in the NFL. In the offseason, you wouldn't have thought, you know, you're like, oh, we're maybe maybe they set Trey Lance for two years. That's what Jed York, the owner, was saying yeah. publicly about this situation. He, he doesn't have two years. Like Kyle Shan doesn't have that long. You lose as much as he's lost in his career as head coach for the 49ers, four out of five years. And in year five now with his roster and his, you know, cooking up of that roster, um, it should be a lot better. And there's going to have to be some answers for it. And next year at this time, whether it's Lance or whoever, if they don't have awesome quarterback play and are playing really good, if 49ers have a losing record this time next year, that that seat should be scorching for Kyle Shanahan. But right now, not so much. Well, I mean, you couldn't have made my transition easier because million-dollar question here, right? You look at this quarterback position. We've seen a little bit of Trey Lance. We've seen him come in, maybe look so good, you know, one week and then struggle a little bit the next week. And Jimmy Garoppolo, I think we all kind of know who this guy is as a quarterback by now. We've seen enough of him, but... This is a question that I got to know that I kind of want to get a pulse of where you guys stand. What is going on with the quarterback position right now? What is expected, not just this week, but in the next four weeks and to finish out this season? Are you guys, you know, on the let's keep going with the veteran train here with Jimmy Garoppolo? Or, you know, is it time to see what Trey Lance has coming up here as a rookie? Yeah, I I think Kyle Shanahan, his plan was to kind of give Trey Lance a redshirt season and really let him kind of learn and sit and soak in the offense and and learn – what he wanted from his quarterbacks and play a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, who has won a lot of games for him. I think, unfortunately, the way the season has gone, you know, you don't have the wins that you thought you would get by starting Jimmy Garoppolo. So that's why I think there's so much chatter around the position. I mean, and obviously you have a number three overall pick sitting behind a Jimmy Garoppolo, but the wins haven't happened. So now there is more calling for a Trey Lance, but I think most people, if you watch the games, you know, you'd notice that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is not the issue why the 49ers are losing. I think you get to actually several different uh, reasons as to why games haven't gone the way they want before you get to Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think that makes it hard to just flat out bench a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo because Kyle thinks he gives him the best chance to win. And right now he's not the reason why you're losing. I mean, that, that makes sense for sure. And one last question I had for you guys here. 
you know, you look at uh, this running game. I feel like it's one of the biggest strengths probably for this team. And that's really been the course of Kyle Shanahan's calling card, even his dad, you know, going back to the days with the Denver Broncos and then his time with Washington as well. This outside zone scheme, you look at a guy like Elijah Mitchell, you look at this offensive line, uh, how have they been so successful? And now, of course, you know, with getting a guy like George Kittle back, it's only going to become even better, I think, right? Yeah, George Kittle is a huge key in the run game as well as the pass game. And it was nice to see him being used as a pass catcher. And he was the, the top target for the 49ers with Debo a little bit banged up, which was unfortunate because Debo's been the entire offense for the 49ers, basically, uh, especially in the passing game. So to get that weapon number two in there in Kittle and get that weapon number three going with Ayuk and then a healthy Debo Samuel, now you start to see a little something working on offense. And I think that bodes well for the second half of the season, no matter who the quarterback is. Um, and it's going to be Jimmy for one more week. I, I think the next week after this might be where it would be a really good opportunity to go to Trey Lance if they want to do that uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. See a couple of rookies out there in Jacksonville for the 49ers. But um, when it comes to the, the running game, I mean, it's the same old Shanahan running game. We thought they were going to sort of do a little bit more gap stuff, a little bit more of a power running scheme with the the drafting of, uh, you know, a bigger guard, Aaron Banks, in the second round, and then moving up to get Trey Sermon in the draft, a bigger running back. We thought, okay, Trey Lance, Trey Sermon, Aaron Banks, I can kind of see where this is going. They they want to be bullies a little bit more on offense, and they want to uh, run a little bit more of a, a power running game. But that hasn't been the case. It's been the same old stuff. You know, they've worked a little bit more off of some things that they have to, you know, traps and other um, other things to to make up for teams that are scheming against that outside zone and really overplaying the outside and I think they had talked about oh, okay wow teams are really going to sell out against that we've got to have some other things that we can do and I think Elijah Mitchell's done a great job and it was a nice find by the 49ers in the sixth round and it's clear Kyle Shanahan likes Elijah Mitchell and he is uh, performing well and he can get outside and has that speed to hit those big runs in the outside zone he's got a little bit of vision and 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 hits those Holes quick on the inside. He can catch the ball a little bit. So complete back uh, and a real find for Kyle Shanahan's offense. And look, he's always going to find a running back that performs well for him. That's that's going to be a staple always for a Kyle Shanahan offense. And he wants to run the ball and he wants to stay in front of the sticks. And he probably doesn't want to be behind a couple scores like he was last week because he had to abandon the run a little bit. And that's absolutely not ideal for a Kyle Shanahan offense. Yeah, it's, it's ironic that you mentioned, you know, more gap stuff because the Rams have went – mostly entirely gap which is really weird for a guy in Sean McVay who's obviously known to be an outside zone guy as well kind of looks like that Tampa Bay offense with uh, Bruce Arians there a lot of gap stuff and not so much under center anymore but in just a second here we're going to flip the tables and these guys are going to ask me some questions about the Rams uh, and find out more about where this Rams team is headed they're seven and two right now looking like one of the better teams in the NFL you guys can follow us on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker at BD Peacock and at QB's MVP And I mentioned to start out this episode, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can go to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing that they're going to have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. And I mentioned this on this podcast. I'm in Canada. Uh, We got Smarties McFlurries here. You guys don't have the same Smarties, man. You guys got some weird little powdered candies. That's not the Smarties we got here. We got these little like chocolate candy Smarties. And uh, I'm telling you, those McFlurries undefeated actually someone mentioned it on youtube they said it's like an eminem mcflurry it's really similar so that's the goat move right there win or lose it's a place where teammates competitors the home team the away team can come away to recharge it's a place where you can always look forward to stopping on a long road trip rest your legs refuel and 
I mean, let's go ahead to our local McDonald's here. You can refuel, reconnect, and it would be pretty cool to have a locked on Rams, maybe a locked on 49ers watch party. I'm a person who's frequented a couple of alcoholic beverages in my time. There's no hangover cure like McDonald's. I'm telling you the next time you happen to do that, if you're 21 plus, go check out your local McDonald's. They'll take care of you. I'm loving it. And not only that, but hey, a lot of people that listen to this podcast do like to commute while you guys listen, maybe pick up your kids from school, whatever the case is. If that is the case, make sure to take advantage of one of our sponsors here called Get Upside. They're giving you up to 25 cents cash back for every gallon of gas that you fill up with. With the promo code TOUCHDOWN, it is entirely free. You can go download it on the App Store or Google Play at any point in time, and you can cash out whenever, so there's no downside. It'll go straight to your bank account, right to your PayPal account, even gift cards if that's how you want it. As I mentioned, 25 cents cash back per gallon, and for your first tank of gas, you can actually get up to 50 cents cash back per gallon. That is with the Get Upside app, entirely free, and the promo code is TOUCHDOWN. I don't want to derail this podcast, but... I was blown away. I had to go straight to the Google machine and find out what was up with these Smarties. And I had no idea. Canadian Smarties. Yeah, they look like M&M's. They're chocolate. They're they're nothing like the more powder fruit flavored, whatever the hell Smarties are here in the States. Uh, I'm blown away. You learn something new every day. Wow. We got those candies too. They're just called Rockets. They're called Rockets. Okay. Is it yeah. is, is it like a Nestle candy or is it a, a different brand that makes them or? No, the Rockets, I think, are the exact same as yours, but our Smarties is a Nestle candy. It's like a little, like, milk chocolate covered with, like, a little candy coating. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm seeing the Rockets. Yeah, it's exactly what our Smarties are. Wow. Yeah, it's the same thing. You get in some trouble ordering Smarties over there. Actually, you probably get pleasantly surprised ordering Smarties. A lot better than those powdered ones, that's for sure. (laughs) Uh, do, Do you run into a lot of Rams fans up where you are? No. No, there's maybe a handful that I know max. I'm I'm like right near uh, the Buffalo border, maybe like 45 minutes an hour. So okay. there's a lot of like Bills fans and, and then your popular teams, you know, Niners, Patriots, Eagles, things like that. But Patriots, maybe Giants yeah. or some New York team. Yeah. Interesting. OK, uh, I want to talk about uh, there's a, there's a number of ways to go here, but I think we have to start with the quarterbacks and and, and get that conversation going, because Matthew Stafford, I, I would love the thing about this regime with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, I just wish I could inject them with truth serum and really find out what was going on and what their thought process was with a lot of things because it was almost like Kyle Shanahan was on vacation with Sean McVay and would have loved to get his hands on Matthew Stafford and was like, ah, I can, I can wait until next week when I get back from Cabo or get back from wherever the hell I am and, and then we'll make some calls about Matthew Stafford and then all of a sudden that day it happens. And so I wonder if that was really a catalyst and then – uh, maybe the, the Deshaun Watson stuff too. If the 49ers were like, all right, well, we've already got these draft picks burned and we're ready to trade them for somebody. We can't get Stafford now. We can't make an offer for Deshaun Watson. Well, I guess we're trading up to as high as we can get in the draft to go get our quarterback. So uh, how does that look so far for the Rams with Matthew Stafford? Obviously things looking great on the scoreboard. Um, last week, a little bit of a hiccup, right? But it, have they gotten found out? Was there a certain scheme maybe that the Rams saw that Matthew Safford saw that maybe he didn't expect or is this kind of got banged up too I think yeah I mean that was his thing right is like that was maybe one of the big worries about trading for Matthew Stafford he's had a lot of injuries he's going to be able to sustain that and be healthy for your team to get you into the deep into the playoffs so yeah what's the Matthew Stafford experience been like for the Rams Yeah, so like you mentioned, I mean, he's continuing that theme. He's already picked up a bunch of injuries, man. I'm talking, you know, last week he had his ankle rolled up a little bit there and it was taped up and spatted heavily when he got back out there. He's already had like some back issues. He didn't really practice much in the past week or two. 
uh, earlier this season. He's already banged his thumb off of a helmet twice, once in practice in the offseason, once in week two against the Indianapolis Colts. So he's been through the ringer, man. This guy, it feels like he's consistently banged up, but he's tough. You know, he's always out there. Uh, and in terms of, you know, Brian, how you were saying, I think on the Flying Coach podcast, which was hosted by Sean McVay and uh, Peter Schrager of Good Morning Football, they talked about, you know, how this trade went down sort of. And they had a lot of different coaches, a lot of coaches that were close to Sean McVay on the show. And I can't recall, I think Kyle Shanahan was on the show and they were kind of talking about how they were going back and forth and they were like at dinner at the same place. And it was sort of happening in between them, which is funny to hear. But, you know, all in all, it's been great for the Rams. I mean, you make the trade, you get rid of Jared Goff. It was expensive. And this was a guy that basically brought the Rams, let's call it, to a lot of success. He wasn't necessarily the main reason. And he's, you know, regressed a lot over the last few years. So there was a reason why they got rid of him. But it was a heavily scrutinized move at the time. A lot of people said Stafford wasn't an upgrade. A lot of people said this guy's not a winner. He can't really do all these certain things. But when you look at how he's been with the Rams right now, I think it's worked out really well. I mean, of course, he's fueled that offense to being one of the best offenses in football. Uh, they've gone completely differently in terms of their schematics. They used to go under center, a lot of flood concepts, a lot of like bootlegs, that kind of stuff. Just protect your golf. Now it's we're going five wide. We're going to let Matthew Stafford diagnose defenses pre-snap. He's going to look at defenses. He's going to you know call Daryl Henderson back into the backfield when he needs pass pro. He's going to send him where he needs him. Uh, so it's very different to watch. And like you mentioned last week, they sort of got figured out. I think the main issue really was just the offensive line. I, I mean, they broke down. And anytime your quarterback's getting pressured like that, he's not really going to be able to be productive, especially not a guy like Stafford. He's not mobile like that. So uh, that was really the main issue for me. I don't really you know, feel too much concern moving forward. I think as long as they can continue to block and up until that point, the O-line is probably a top three, maybe top five unit in the league. Uh, things have been really good. And I think they, you know, expect them to kind of go back closer to how they were in those first few weeks as opposed to last week. Listen, you weren't going to get any pushback from us with how good Matthew Stafford is. I was high on him. I was hoping that the 49ers would be able to land him. Uh, extremely talented guy who's had the burden of his shoulders to try to overcome playing in a bad organization with terrible organizational structure. So most guys aren't going to be able to elevate that situation and make it into something positive. I figure if you got in an organization like the Rams, which is really well ran and they do whatever to put the pieces around on that roster to win, just like they did with, you know, a, a getting a guy like Von Miller. Uh, but I think that was a perfect place for him to go. If he wanted to be successful, just unfortunately had to be in the same division as the 49ers. Yeah, like you mentioned, I mean, we're not trying to knock Detroit too much, but I mean, they're not successful, right? I mean, I think there was a crazy stat, like over the course of his 12 years there, only nine times in nine games has he had a rusher reach 100 yards, like 100 plus rushing yards in nine times in 12 years. It's not even one guy a year. The Rams do it like five, six, seven times a season. So, you know, you look at just little things like that, the defenses that they fielded, all the different offensive coordinators, the coaches. It was never set up to succeed, and yet he was still putting up good numbers, and he was still getting to the playoffs every now and again. So, you know, it's a quarterback-driven league. We know that at the end of the day, but it's not just a one-guy league. I mean, you're 53 men deep here. Everyone matters at the end of the day. And uh, like you mentioned, man, the Rams have been just a huge, I think, upgrade, you know, across the board from the running game to the O-line. The weapons, of course, you look at Cooper Cup. He's done really well. The defense, he doesn't need to do it all anymore. He's just kind of a piece of it is obviously the biggest piece and the most important one, too. Uh, but I think that's really what's allowed him just to be so comfortable and transition quickly is just knowing that you don't have to be that superhero every time. You can actually get, you know, defensive help one game or a rushing attack one game or, you know, something else to go your way. The offensive uh, passing yards leader in the NFL right now, Matthew Stafford, 2,700 yards already, and he's got the leading receiving yards uh, receiver 
in Cooper Cup, Niners have the guy that's in second place when receiving yards <laughs> in the league in Debo Samuel. A little bit of a gap growing there with the uh, with uh, Cooper Cup, one hundred and what thirty yards ahead of Debo. Now Cooper Cup's already got a thousand receiving yards. I mean, we're halfway through the season. That's a two thousand yard pace. This is this is, <laughs> this is crazy. What's going on with Cooper Cup? Has he taken another step, or is it more just all about upgrading quarterback for him? I think it's a little bit of both, mostly upgrading the quarterback, though. Um, and I, remind me, did you guys have a bye week yet? I think you did, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The 49ers have had a bye. So maybe there's a little bit less than, you know, that big gap there because the Rams mm-hmm. have yet to have one. But, um, yeah, you're talking about a guy right now that is just uncoverable. I mean, his route running is just top notch. He knows that he creates separation. He's always been this guy, right? There's never really been too big of a difference. I think the biggest difference is just how he's being deployed. You know, they went from last year throwing these like three yard, five yard, six yard passes to him, screen passes, all this boring type of usage with Jared Goff because that's just what he was limited to. And now you have Stafford who's going to push the ball downfield more than any other quarterback in the NFL or as much as any other quarterback. And so they're utilizing him all across the field. You're going to see him line up outside of the numbers. You're going to see him line up in the slot attached to a, you know, tackle essentially as a tight end, even in the backfield. I mean, this guy's coming out of the backfield and catching passes. You see back in week two against the Colts, he came out of the backfield, ran a seam route, just right up the seam and caught a touchdown. Like the Rams are finding a way to utilize this guy. And there's just a clear connection between he and Stafford. I don't really know how they got, you know, so much chemistry so quickly. It feels like they've been playing together for years. Uh, but yeah, there's just a lot of chemistry there. They know where they're going to be uh, from both sides of that connection there. And they've just been really, really productive. So I don't think it's been too much of a difference in player. You know, it's still Cooper Cup. I feel like it's been the same guy for the most part, uh, just mostly the usage and of course the quarterback as well. I, I do have a question, uh, not on the offensive side of the ball, but on the, on defense, uh, Jalen Ramsey, it seems like he kind of has like a new role in defense. I know everybody uses the popular term star yeah. defender, but essentially he's, playing more of a nickel role so what have you seen from that how has that changed with his usage on the outside uh you know is he still kind of following guys around what new you know I guess uh has he presented any new challenges for opposing offenses yeah so like you mentioned these this star position is just so overused I mean it's a Nick Saban creation it's essentially nickel that's what he's doing they just want him around the ball more often and it makes sense to a degree right he's going to be in that slot position where you can kind of come off and blitz off the off the edge there a little bit. Uh, you can get involved in tackles. And we know this guy is just an incredible player. I mean, he is the best cornerback in football for my money. I don't care what anyone says. No Jair Alexander. These guys are great. But Jalen Ramsey's different, man. He's big. He's strong. He's physical. He's fast. He's got great ball skills. He's got great coverage skills. He can do everything. I mean, you see the way he breaks down screens now, his IQ. Like, he's so fast in the way he diagnoses things. So, really, I think moving him inside has really just been – uh, one key to utilizing them a little bit more, you know, receivers are traveling into the slot a little bit more now. So it kind of helps there. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like Raheem Morris is still trying to figure it out. And to some degree, it's almost been not necessarily a downgrade, but I miss the days of last year where he would just travel with a receiver one and it would just cancel him out. You know, that to me is the most useful way you can use a cornerback. That's why you're paying this guy 24, $25 million a year. And that's like the best, use case that he asked for you is like wipe out this wide receiver just make him in non-existent essentially but now they're blitzing him a lot and i feel like you know if you're going to blitz somebody just blitz another corner anybody can occupy an offensive lineman or come in on a blitz and force the quarterback to throw the ball faster you want this guy in coverage that's where he's the best but you know at the same time it is interesting to see how he can line up outside on the boundary one snap the next snap he's lined up in the slot as of right now he's not following receivers they've tried to use him in different roles you know he's coming off the off the edge there to blitz he's playing a little bit of zone there underneath he's playing some man coverage as well 
um, traveling outside, traveling inside. It's, I think feel like, you know, they're still sort of trying to figure it out now. Darius Williams just returned to the lineup last week. He was on short-term IR. And now they kind of trying to figure out who's their third cornerback. Is it Dante Dion? Is it fourth-round rookie Robert Rochelle? Is it David Long? Is it somebody else? They've had a weird rotation at cornerback kind of all season. So, you know, it's uh, I feel like really up in the air right now how they're going to go about it moving forward. Last game, they traveled and they like rotated. Robert Rochelle was playing on the boundary with Ramsey early downs. And then second and third downs, Darius Williams would go out there, sometimes in a slot, sometimes Ramsey, sometimes uh, Dante Dion. So, you know, it's really questionable as to what trio they're going to go with. But in terms of Ramsey, I mean, he he's the same old player, great player. He's got great ball skills. I just feel like, you know, they're still trying to figure out how to use him because, you know, this is Raheem Morris's first year with the team as a D coordinator. Yeah, big opportunity for those 49ers wide receivers is going to be Ramsey on Debo a lot, Ayuk, or maybe we might see him a little bit on George Kittle if he's a little bit nearer to the line of scrimmage, a little bit nearer to the slot. So um, that is absolutely a fun matchup. I have one more question, and it's not even as much of a question as it is a statement about the Rams' defense as it pertains to this game with the 49ers. But first, I want to tell the listeners about betonline.ag. Back and better than ever, a new web interface for the start of the basketball season with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season and if it floats your boat got to give up four points for those rams monday night football on the road not sure if that's enough points we'll get to those predictions here uh, in a moment with sosa and crocky uh, head over to betonline.ag updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use promo code locked on to receive that bonus not only football but basketball baseball that season is over but you've got baseball futures if that's what you're looking for nhl boxing ufc and your favorite vegas casino game so don't wait and take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 and beyond seasons bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports promo code locked on at betonline.ag where the game starts so, so, all right, I want to jump in here with, with one more, and it's Von Miller. And he was inactive last week, so we still haven't seen him in a Rams uniform. I would be frightened if it was Mike McGlinchey out there at right tackle against Von Miller. McGlinchey just placed on IR today. He's got a torn quad. Tom Compton is much, much worse than Mike McGlinchey for all of Mike McGlinchey's struggles and some fans that really want to kill McGlinchey. I do not like that matchup of Von Miller versus Tom Compton. If it's not Tom Compton, it's probably going to be rookie fifth rounder Jalen Moore out there at right tackle. So uh, I'm hoping you're going to tell me that Von Miller is going to be act- inactive again for Monday night. Yeah, we, we might have bad news on that front. It seems like uh, they might have held him out sort of precautionary last week. I think it was, you know, half the ankle and half of this guy just got traded here. You know, he's trying to get settled in with the defense. He doesn't even know the game plan. He doesn't know the playbook. He doesn't know anything, right? He doesn't even know the players, how they're going to kind of stunt off each other and all that different stuff. So I think he's going to go. I hope he goes. He's going to get that extra day, obviously, with it being on Monday Night Football. So, um, you know, trying to hold this guy back, I, I don't think is uh, is going to be easy for the Rams. I mean, he's Vaughn Miller. This guy's a special player. And you're adding him to Aaron Donald, which is just going to be crazy. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be a joy for any football fan to watch, maybe outside of 49ers fans, especially on Monday night, because don't nobody want to see their quarterback back there with those two getting ready. But that could be one of the areas that the Rams do have an advantage. So I'll kick it over to you guys now. We got you know some matchups maybe to watch. Is there anything that you guys have circled? And uh, ultimately, do you guys have any score predictions for this contest? 
Oh, I guess I'll go first here. Uh, I don't <laughs> like this at all. I, I, I will easily give up those four points for the Rams. I don't think it's nearly enough points for what we've seen from this Rams team that is coming in um, seven and two. I know they lost last week, which will probably just add a little bit more to you know what they're going to bring to the table, a little bit more juice against this 49ers team. Prime time is always fun. I know Shanahan has McVay's number. But I think this is too much with the way Stafford's playing, uh, all the weapons that are on the offensive side of the ball. When you bring Von Miller and Aaron Donald <laughs> every down against uh, the 49ers offensive line now that's starting to get a little bit banged up. And look, you, you can you can go an entire game if you're the Rams and not have to have Von Miller or Aaron Donald go up against the 49ers best player, which is Trent Williams. So um, you, you can really dial up winners if you are the Rams defense, and then obviously uh, you can sort of take away the biggest weapons with Jalen Ramsey on the back end. And, you know, there's a lot of other good depth and good players too on the Rams roster and they're just playing well. So I don't, I don't like the way the 49ers are playing at all. I have no confidence in what's going on with the 49ers. And oddly enough, it's not even so much Jimmy Garoppolo and the quarterback situation right now. He's had 300 yards passing the last two weeks and hasn't been the problem really. And he was not great to start the season, but he hasn't been the problem recently. It's just been the overall vibe of the team. And it was the defense that was killed last week. So um, I don't think it even matters if you put a target on one specific player's back in the 49ers secondary. They're, they're too banged up. Um, I don't have a, a good feeling for anybody in the secondary to really do a good job covering those guys all game long. So I expect it to be a long night in prime time. And at three and six, the 49ers make the switch to the rookie quarterback in Trey Lance. That is my prediction for this weekend. This is the weekend it all falls apart and all plans go out the window. Croc, what do you see? You know, I feel it's tough because I just can't, again, I have more faith in Kyle Shanahan, even though I've talked bad about him this week. But <laughs> I just can't fathom him just losing every game that, you know, he has an opportunity to win or if there's like just a little resistance. And, uh, I, but I'm still going to go with the Rams, even with, you know, the, the points. I, I just think right now they're playing better football. I, I know what happened last week. But it's tough. You know, when I when I look at the Rams and them coming off of a loss and I was listening to Peacock and him say, you know, they might be upset. They might be angry at how they played and they wanted to get together. And the vibe I'm getting from the 49ers right now is that, like, they don't care that they've lost. Like, it, like I feel like there's nobody that just wants to fight back at this situation right now. You know, each week, the, the wins that they have had is, okay, the Lions, the Eagles, the – it was the Chicago Bears. Everybody's beating those teams. But anytime the 49ers play a team that could present a, a problem, they've kind of tucked their tails a little bit. And I think that's that's kind of an issue with me, and I'm seeing a trend here. So I don't know who's going to get upset with how the 49ers have been playing. I think that, like, it starts at the top. And Kyle Shanahan, to me, every time I see him talk to the media, doesn't come off as that person. But McVay seems like a person that – you know, he instills that personality in the Rams with how they're going to play. And I'm going to take that over what I'm getting from the 49ers right now. So fans aren't going to want to hear this. And I hope I'm wrong. Again, we have seen this team beat up on the, the Rams, even when they were down and out. But right now, I'm getting an even different vibe than what I've seen from before uh, from this team. Yeah, flat. The 49ers have been flat. And the Rams do not have that problem right now. And uh, that's that's the big thing for me, and I know so. So you probably see it the same way. Are we three for three here, picking the Rams in this one on Monday Night Football? Yeah, yeah, we are. We got to be. I, I mean, 
like you guys mentioned, man, the Rams are coming off a tough loss. And I think it's just unfortunate for the 49ers right now because, you know, had they won, maybe I would have felt differently, but I just can't see this team really bowing out right now. I think they're going to really be pissed off with how they played last week. I think they're going to come out hot, man. I think they're going to really want to rebound from that performance. You got back-to-back Monday night and Sunday night, primetime type of games. The Rams are, yeah, they're trying to get to a Super Bowl. They're trying to get to the playoffs, win the NFC West, all that good stuff. But you're also talking about, you know, offensive player of the year, maybe in Cooper Cup, maybe uh, MVP in Matthew Stafford. Like, I think they're really going to take this personally. They're really going to try to get everyone propped up. And, And so... You know, I just think they're just severely outmatched right now, the 49ers. I really like the Rams talent. I, I really like this team. I think uh, they got a lot of juice, and I just don't know how the 49ers are going to be able to stop them when you struggle against a guy like Colt McCoy last week. I, I mean, that worries me. <laughs> You're talking about, you know, missing the top two receivers, losing their top running back in the first quarter early in the game. Like, that offense was beat up and somehow still won. So um, I'm going to go with the Rams, especially if Von Miller's going to be suiting up in this one. I think they're going to have that extra juice, maybe a little bit more, uh, resistance on the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to go with a scoreline maybe of, you know, 31 to 20, something like that. I don't think it's going to be a big blowout. I think these division games are always a little bit weird, always closer than we expect. And like you guys mentioned, Shanahan has McVay's number. There's no doubt about it. I think they can produce some points on offense. I think that running game can get going in this game. Uh, but I just think they're a little bit too outmatched for for the Rams in this one. The one thing the 49ers can't hang their hat on, and look, Nick Bosa can still pose a problem to every team in the NFL, but it's not Jared Goff back there anymore. And that's <laughs> really the reason I think that the 49ers were so good against the Jared Goff-led Rams is because he's bad under pressure, and the 49ers were consistently able to get some pressure and, and create some uh, big plays for their defense. They have not gotten turnovers this year, and even when they've gotten pressure, they haven't really – uh, created a lot of momentum behind that pressure on the defensive side of the ball. So there's still a chance that the 49ers are still a good team with some good players and they can still win up front. And if they can make some plays on the offensive side of the ball and force um, the the Rams defense to miss some tackles they and run the football, they can still do the things they need to do to win this game. I just haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen the 49ers beat a good team. And I just, I'm not going to believe it until I actually see them beat a good team. So we'll see what happens Monday night. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the biggest difference here. No Jared Goff, so it is going to be a little bit of, uh, of an adjustment period as well for the 49ers trying to figure out this new offense, and it really is different with Matthew Stafford back there. But that's going to do it for this crossover episode. Rams fans, Niners fans, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to keep tuning in at Lockdown Rams and Lockdown Niners throughout the rest of this week. And going into next week when we recap these games, which is a little bit weird, I was going to say Monday recap, but it's going to be a Tuesday recap. Of course, it's a Monday night game, so make sure to tune into that. You guys can follow us on Twitter at QB's MEP at BD Peacock and at Eric underscore Crocker. And that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for joining me.